Oh, hello and welcome to the West Beach Challenges podcast. Today's podcast has been inspired um, by an incredible new member of uh, the Six Week Reset. So Emma, if you're listening, this is slightly inspired by you. And it's something I've wanted to podcast on because I really think this is going to resonate with so many of you. And it really is about whenever we think about wanting to put on our health-seeking eyes and developing kind of healthier habits around exercise, movement, and nutrition, if we're really honest, and I mean really honest, I think most of us are being driven by the fact that we want to live in a smaller body. And I really loved it. If anyone uh, was watching Emma's live on Facebook, she came in and she was like, but I just want to be a skinny bitch. And it's so interesting and it's really good to get quite curious about it. So if you are someone who's here and you know, you're really hoping to kind of get out of that diet trap and start looking at these um, health seeking behaviors as something to move you towards living in a body that feels healthier and more vibrant and more nourished that is fantastic but i think we also need to sometimes take a moment just to reflect is there quite a sort of stuck diet narrative and for loads of us in this group, we are children of the 1980s. And if we just reflect on the 1980s, it was the low fat movement. You probably observed your mum, because I think it mostly is mums, kind of measuring out foods, looking for low fat alternatives, kind of demonizing. I think in the 80s, we really like to demonize fat. Um, obviously now we like to demonize carbs, so things have moved on. Um, but again, just kind of really thinking about that diet culture that you've grown up in. When you're watching TV programs, like I think they uh, were showing an episode of Friends where Monica kind of put on a fat suit. And again, that just wouldn't happen nowadays. But we really were brought up with I'm just trying to think like the Spice Girls and they had to all be really skinny or girls allowed. So we just had Kate Moss, for example, who had that absolutely phenomenal saying like nothing tastes as good as skinny feels. And I think we really had this kind of heroin chic, very skeletal role models um, to kind of look up to and they were the images that we had imprinted onto our young tiny minds as being the thing we should be seeking so to be looking as thin as possible and again when you become really curious if you start noticing how people talk to other people things like you look well have you lost weight <laughs> which again you will still hear people thinking it's okay to comment on the size of body that other people are living in. And as soon as you kind of notice it, you notice how prevalent it is. So even if that's just kind of drip, drip, dripping into kind of your subconscious, that is 100% going to be sort of changing your inner narrative, kind of changing what you think is the norm. And I think this is why so many of us, when we want to um, seek these more sort of healthful behaviors, do have this kind of underlying passion to live in a smaller, thinner body. And we just kind of have this, what I'm calling like the thin bias. And if you're really honest with yourself, I know I have 
definitely had to address it in myself. But having this kind of internalized weight stigma or internalized thin ideal. So always thinking that um, thin is better. But actually, if you start to kind of unpack it and all of us have probably and will always live in different size bodies going through our life because that is, you know, our bodies will fluctuate. Our fat stores will go up. They will go down. For some of us, you know, we might have had children or we might go on to have children or we're going to go through hormonal changes. So the body you're going to live in, the one thing you can 100% guarantee is it is going to change with time. And that is, you know, perfectly normal. Our bodies do change. They do fluctuate. But if you think back to times when you have maybe been your leanest, maybe you've been living in sort of your ideal body, I want you just to take a moment to think about what behaviors were associated with that body you were living in. And I know for loads of the women, when I really ask them to think about this, they say things like, well, actually, I was drinking really heavily. I was smoking loads. I was partying. Um, I wasn't taking care of my body. I wasn't really eating. You know, you had different priorities. You had different kind of values at that time, maybe like going out, drinking, socialized, smoking. That was your value. That was the thing. That was a type of person and you wanted to be like a party person, but it meant actually you weren't really nourishing your body, you weren't looking after it. So just because you maybe were living in the smallest body that you've ever lived in, doesn't mean it was a body that was thriving. It doesn't mean that that body uh, was a body that would have um, much stamina to go through life in. Like if you continued on that trajectory, you obviously would have burned out or other things that might have meant that you were living in a smaller body, massive anxiety, stress, um, maybe being unwell, all of these things can also cause you to live in a smaller body. So I think you have to really disassociate being in a smaller body with being sort of your happiest, because it may be for you, maybe, maybe, and I do think for some people this might be the case, when you think back, when you were living in your kind of leanest body, maybe you were looking after it the best that you ever have, maybe you were eating really well, maybe you were exercising moderately, not too much, not too intensely, um, and maybe you were moving loads, but maybe life has shifted for you. Maybe it's got really hectic. Maybe you didn't have a family then and now you do. Maybe you didn't used to have a career that you cared about and now you do. So maybe previously you could put a lot of emphasis and time and you could put a lot of kind of value into training very regularly, getting yourself to the gym, getting yourself to classes. However, that that can't really hold true in the same way for you anymore because maybe you've got a job you really care about. Maybe you have a family you really care about. Maybe you've got um, loads of good friendships and a really nice um, social life going on that you really care about. So your ideal body and your ideal lifestyle are going to have to change and adapt. Whereas I think sometimes we just like hang on to like that really old pair of jeans that we used to fit in when our life was completely different and our value system was completely different. And the most liberating thing in the world is to get curious about it. Why are you so hung up about a certain scale weight or fitting into a certain pair of trousers? like really and truly is that 
go, you know, sort of hating yourself or trying to shrink yourself into a smaller body so you can kind of get back to uh, that pair of jeans. You've got to kind of remember the type of li lifestyle you had when you were fitting into that pair of jeans. Is that still compatible? Does it still kind of hold true with the, the type of life you want to leave, lead now, the type of lifestyle? And it might be that the answer is yes. Maybe that person who fitted into those jeans had a set of amazingly healthy habits but maybe they didn't. And if they didn't, if they were maybe either under eating, over exercising, putting too much emphasis on like training and nutrition, maybe somebody who was quite obsessive about it. The person who was fitting into those jeans, yes, they might have been in their leanest body, but their relationship with food possibly wasn't fantastic. Um, and also, if you do look back, and I think this is really interesting because I've definitely lived in a leaner body and I know it wasn't where uh, my mind was happiest. I still wasn't happy. And actually all I wanted to do was shrink further. And again, if that kind of feels like that kind of resonates with you, be really, really wary. And it's just time to kind of address that thin bias that you have and make sure that you really are coming from this change differently this time. And it's not about getting smaller. It's about getting healthier. It's about feeling more vibrant. It's about feeling um, more nourished and be really aware of the type of conditioning you had. So kind of like just, yeah, thinking back on what your influences were when you were younger, kind of maybe what your mum's relationship with food was like again kind of your friendship circle what you know what type of behaviors did they have around food and there is something now called um orthorexia which is a type of eating disorder where people get very hung up on clean eating and avoiding foods like gluten and dairy not because necessarily they have an allergy to these foods but it's just another way of restricting or becoming vegan as a way to restrict the amounts of foods that you can eat as a kind of covert way of having an eating disorder so do just kind of start to get a bit more um investigative if you like when people go on these kind of extreme diets or adopt these eating habits sometimes it's just another way of being really really restrictive and we really are creatures of i suppose wanting to kind of follow the pack which is why i'm pleased you're here because in this community we are looking with our health seeking eyes for opportunities to nourish our bodies better, to move them more, to train them consistently, to get stronger and to thrive. And I'm not saying that when you adopt these um, different behaviors, that your body composition isn't going to shift. Of course, if you are living um, in a bigger body and you haven't been looking after yourself very well, when you start looking after yourself better, your body is gonna find this natural, happy place to be. And if you are carrying more fat than you want to be by continuing to look after your body better and get it into better balance, the likely side effect is going to be that your fat stores are going to come down, but it's a side effect of looking after yourself better. So again, when you get that kind of, I call it like a red flag, that sort of big diet voice starts in your head, oh, I've eaten too much yesterday. Uh, this morning, I'm going to skip breakfast. I want you to 
take a moment. I want you to breathe. And then I want you to go downstairs and make yourself an even more nourishing breakfast than you would have done otherwise. Something that has like an extra shizzle on it, something that has some extra nutrients on it, because I want you to really start to be, um, casting votes for being the type of person who nourishes their body better. And it's so easy to kind of fall into that sort of restrictive mentality. Oh, I've had like a bit of cake, so I'm going to miss out my protein shake. It's like, well, you've had a piece of cake. You really enjoyed it, hopefully guilt-free, but we're still wanting to support you into that more metabolic body. So why don't we give your body some protein as well? And we're so good at kind of depriving our body of things. And I really just want you to keep noticing when that little diet voice comes in. And instead of thinking about restriction, I want you to be thinking about, okay, I feel like restricting. This is a little alert klaxon going off. Instead, I'm going to make a really lovely protein centric meal, or I'm going to go to the grocers and just buy like a rainbow of veg and think about variety. If you're here, it's likely you haven't really thrived on restrictive fatty diets in the past. So let's not be tempted to fall back into those patterns of shrinkage just as your your primary goal like there's so many better goals for embarking on looking after yourself better and i'm not saying again like for loads of us if we're really honest and i really liked the honesty when emma came on and she was like but i just want to be a skinny bitch it's it's okay to want to change your body composition but we have to kind of find something more meaningful because in loads of us as well, the minute that we think about restriction, uh, there's a, like a little rebel that comes out and there, there's an amazing client I'm working with at the moment. And again, it's around snacking, but the more she tries not to snack, the, the bigger the drive and the compulsion to snack is. So obviously, I mean, as a coach for me, I'm like, well, obviously let's just take away that restriction. Let's have a snack. Like every evening, let's have a snack. What do you want to eat? Okay, let's eat that. You have to, if you're noticing that you're going into this sort of compulsive eating or this kind of drive to overeat, it's coming from being too restrictive. So you have to take the restriction away. You might feel like you just need to be uh, more self-disciplined and you know you need more motivation and you need to be stricter, but actually that's what's driving this compulsion. As soon as you're like, well, every evening I'm gonna have a couple of squares of chocolate and I'm gonna have some, I don't know, whatever you fancy, some Greek yogurt and some frozen berries, or I'm gonna make some chia seed pudding and I'm gonna have it every single night. You almost have to, it might be that you almost have to force yourself to have it every single night. Because what will happen then is it stops having that allure of something that you're trying to restrict. And you'll probably find that you get a bit more autonomy back to choose whether you want it or not. But you might have to go through a phase of almost insisting that you have it, particularly if you've been trying to restrict for a really, um, really long time. I was um, actually listening to somebody else go live, somebody who's hopefully coming on the podcast, I'm trying to think, in June, and she's really amazing. She works with women who are really trying to move away from kind of diet culture. And she was talking about the fact that a client checked in and they were talking about the fact that they felt like after working with her that they they were lifting their gaze. And if any of you have had like real struggles with dieting in the past, it can become 
all encompassing food is like literally the only thing that you can think about and obsess about and you're so busy putting things in like my fitness pal and scanning barcodes and thinking about the next meal before you've even finished the meal that's in front of you that you know you're so kind of ultra focused but your focus is sort of downwards and inwards and you're so busy thinking about your body and what your body looks like that you're not really living and you're not really lifting your gaze to see that if you think about a pie chart I want kind of food and exercise and movement to be you know on this lovely little autopilot on this sort of self-care autopilot I want you to have this built foundation of looking after yourself better so it isn't taking up all of this sort of cognitive brain power you're not having to overthink about things or over plan and then what you'll find is that you can look around and you can start enjoying life and you can kind of start i think um the client talked about felt like she could start coloring in her life again so if you've just been really really stuck always dieting it can be really refreshing to kind of give it up. There was a client I worked with um, recently and it was so lovely when she came back on a check-in and she was just, it was like a revelation. She was like, it's so liberating to like give giving up this notion that I want to be skinny. And actually, you know, now I want to nourish my body. I want to get stronger. I want to, you know, obviously live in a more uh, metabolic body and I want to thrive and nourish. So meal times now are like a time for me to think about putting really good stuff in, you know, improving my health, improving sort of my vitality, feeling amazing. But when you just have this shrinkage goal and skinny, particularly skinny, I think, just this idea that, you know, the, the bonier we look, the better it's not gonna lead you to happy places because it's highly unlikely that that physique is going to be tying in with your ideal lifestyle. And what's really interesting, and again, <laughs> this feels like it's a podcast to Emma, but you were talking about Emma in your little live you did on Facebook, the fact that although you might be living in a bigger body than you, um, you know, remember living in, over the last few years, your um, like family have been thriving, your relationships have been thriving, your friendships have been thriving, your career is looking amazing, you know, you are more successful than you've ever been. And this isn't correlated with the body you're living in. And again, it's so interesting when you just step back for a moment and think about who is putting pressure on you to live in this smaller body. And the only person who cares about the exact size of body you're living in is yourself. Like at no point is your partner probably saying, oh, listen, you know, I would have wanted to have sex with you tonight, but actually you've uh, put on that extra two kilograms, so I'm not interested. Like, it's highly unlikely he's noticed. He really doesn't care. Um, he'll be much happier if you are happier in your own skin, if you've kind of done this internal work. Because the thing is, even if you ever were to step on the scale or get into that pair of jeans that you fixated on, if you haven't done the internal work about trying to find your happy, so your happy balance of movement, nourishment, training, reflecting on how much your kind of internal sort of thin bias is impacting on your sort of drive and desire to make changes in your life, 
it doesn't matter because you're still not going to be happy. So you have to do the real work. Otherwise, it doesn't matter what your body does um, because you're still not going to be happy with it. It will never be able to do enough. And just taking that moment of recognizing that if you're here, if you're listening to this, it's likely that you are in a very privileged position living in a body that does things for you that are incredible, that has done things for you that are, you know, phenomenal. You know, it might be that you've popped out a couple of kids. It might be that you've, you know, done some amazing physical feats like running marathons or I don't know, running a 5K. It could be anything, but your body has enabled you to do those things. And sometimes rather than kind of body scanning, which I know we can all be really, really good at, it can be much better to kind of try and zoom out, look at your body as a whole, rather than thinking about, I don't like my stomach or my thighs, thinking about how all of your body is connected. We really shouldn't be putting it into like little bits that we're very dissatisfied, but trying to see it as a whole organism, something that moves as one thing and enables you to do all of these amazing things and just shifting that focus. Like I really did love that kind of idea of lifting your gaze, seeing that there's more to life than obsessing about the exact size of body you're living in will enable you and will free you up to make healthier choices. It's going to get rid of this rebel who just wants to rebel the minute you say the word diet, the minute you think about restriction that little rebel is going to come in and it's going to make you kind of overindulge and overeat. And sort of then that spirals into you living in a bigger body that you're even less satisfied with maybe than the body you're living in at the moment. So it's time to kind of make sure you're in the pilot seat that you are driving again and that you're making sure that the the drive for change is coming from um, somewhere good. I'm just having a little look through my notes, but I think the last thing, I was gonna say really is just get really curious, get really curious about what you think living in this smaller body is going to do for you. And think about a different why if you can. So if your reason for finding me for coming on this kind of journey was just to shrink your body, um, it's unlikely going to be enough of a driver for you to make meaningful and lasting change. So I want you to think about instead do you want to nourish your body better to have more consistent energy levels so you can turn up at work better? Um, maybe you're really flourishing in your career at the moment. So maybe it's really important that you're not having these sugar highs, crashes, sugar highs, crashes. Uh, maybe you have got a performance goal, something you're wanting to be working on. So you need to make sure that you're getting that protein in and that you're definitely um, giving yourself rest days and time to repair. So just thinking about something bigger than just shrinkage and yeah, definitely just asking a lot more questions and being quite thoughtful and reflective on the things that have influenced your decision to always want to just be smaller because it might not be that smaller equals happier. And if I said I can give you this idea, I know I always say this, but like, I don't think, I think I can just keep repeating it. But if I said, listen, I can give you this body, describe exactly how you'd like your body to look, here you go. And then you're like, yes, finally, this body's amazing, brilliant. And then I was like, but hold on, to look after this body, you're going to have to do A, B, C, D, E for the rest of your life. All good? 
but it might mean that that's going to start interfering with your lifestyle, the type of person you want to be, kind of the values you hold around kind of family or socializing. And those things might not be in accordance, in which case that body that I've just given you isn't going to stay like that because actually your your lifestyle is going to massively impact on the body composition you're living in. So again, I think that there is a hundred percent a um a bit of a gray area if you like. So a way that we can kind of move you into that gray space of maybe there are some things in the lifestyle that can be optimized. I think there always are things that are going to make you feel wonderful. Um, but it might also be that we just need to sort of shift what you think would be your dream body, this smaller body. Maybe we need to be sort of shifting the two things to come into a bit more harmony together. So you can kind of get out of this disagreement because living in this kind of pursuit of fat loss at all costs is just going to keep you stuck. It's going to keep you frustrated. And really sadly, it's probably going to make you disengage with all of these amazing habits that you're doing at the moment, like nourishing your body better, moving it more, exercising it regularly. Those things are really meaningful. They're going to have a massive impact on your quality of life now. They're going to have such a significant impact on your quality of life going forward. And if you're embedding these habits, and you have kids, not only is it going to have a massive effect on your life, it's also going to filter down to those little eyes that are watching you. And hopefully, we're not setting our kids up to be uh, another generation of kids who are continually just in the pursuit of thinness and skinniness. So yeah, again, shall I leave you there? <laughs> Next week, guys, I've got some really incredible lives coming up. So I'll drop them into the podcast. I'm going to be uh, talking to an amazing life coach who is all about looking at, I think what we're going to be discussing is how do you love your body when you want to change your body? So I think that's going to be a fantastic one. And um, I'll keep the other guest as a top, top secret. But again, it's more about this whole notion of just looking after yourselves better. So whatever it is that you can do today, whatever little nudge you can make to start voting for being the type of person that looks after themselves better, go and do it now. If it's really late, go and make a plan for how you'll do it tomorrow. And um, yeah, guys, keep the questions coming for podcasts or any guests you want. And if you think this is helpful, if you know someone who's just eternally stuck on one bad diet after another, if you think it's time that they break away, uh, obviously send them in my direction and uh, pop them over the podcast. Thanks, guys. Bye.